0: Now, the front-of-shirt sponsorship deal, Dream Team, uh, we've got to discuss it. People want to know about it. Um, Did either of you know how controversial it it would have been before it was announced, before we get any sort of opinions on it? Did you know what the reaction was
1: going to be? Well, we we talked about it at several board meetings. Uh, We obviously looked at a range of options, uh, and in the end we decided taking everything into account, this was the best for the future of Lake Orient which is the most important thing to do. Um, so w- we had some idea of the controversial nature, and as I've said to some of the fans I've spoken to, we did some pretty detailed, in-depth due diligence with relevant parties, and I won't say who the relevant parties are, and that helped us make the decision.
0: I mean, you obviously weren't, weren't surprised, Kent. Were you su- uh, not surprised by the reaction, but was it the strength of the reaction? Was it the, the level that yeah, you were Yeah, we expecting? thought it would
2: be stronger. We thought the reaction yeah. would be a lot worse, a lot worse, and a lot stronger. Uh, we estimate that it's 3 to 5% of the uh, supporters that are upset about it. So that means 95 to 97 are not. It's only 3 to 5 it that are upset. Th- it's also we thought it would be higher than that. We thought it'd be ten. Um, it's it's an it's a, a historical thing. It's been a long time. It's a different region of the country in a certain way. Obviously, it's a horrible thing that happened. They did a horrible thing. Everybody knows that. And um, but you know the reaction. We couldn't gauge what the reaction would be, but the reaction is a lot less than what we expected a lot less than what we expected. I'll give you an example. I have not gotten a single email, negative email. Now, I don't know if you all know how many emails I get from supporters every week. I get a few because everybody knows my email address. So for me not to get a single negative email directly either means they don't want to tell me That they have a negative opinion about it, or it's not as bad as we thought. Either way, it's not as bad as I thought.
1: Okay. Just on that, and thanks. Could you define uncomfortable in that? Because you've come out with some numbers, and I'm I'm not
3: one way or the other, but I'm not totally comfortable with this. And. Potentially, I might not buy a shirt. I might do the things. Look, it's Fine, it's my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I think a lot of people fall into that category. Correct. And I'm surprised that you put it as low. So it's low it's
2: fi- three, it's, it's, it's only five. Crazy. It's only three to five percent that have reacted <clears throat> <coughs> verbally but or aggressively.
3: On the business, it might be much
2: more. No, no. We have we have backup plans for shirts. <laughs> <laughs> ah. See, the challenge is y'all don't think we think in the future. <laughs> Wrong. We have backup plans on shirts. So we're going to have four shirts. That's right. We have four shirts next year. Okay. Four. Not three. Uh, not two. Or? No, uh, including goalkeepers. We have six.
3: Okay. <laughs> so I my... Non-D dream team goalkeeper
2: away shirt. You, you'll, you'll, you believe me. You'll have an opportunity to buy a shirt that you will be very proud to wear. I'll put it that way. Very proud. You'll be very proud to wear it. Doesn't have a sponsor on it. You'll be very proud to wear it. We do realize that Tranmere could be an issue um, because of the location in which they sit in this country um, or this. Commonwealth or whatever y'all call it. Sorry, I don't speak English. And uh, so um, we know Tranmere could be an issue from a dream team perspective. We had conversations about that. We had conversations about what it said on the shirt, what it was not going to say on the shirt, what was allowed on the shirt, what wasn't allowed on the shirt. Um, and so th- we we went through a month, over a month long process of. What do we think about it? Got six people on the board. How do we think about it? Asking people, asking other sponsors, other potential sponsors, other current sponsors. What do you think? How's this gonna go? What are we gonna do? How do we do this? What if this happens? What if this happens? None of that happened. Not a single bit of it happened. So what I'm saying is is that the three to 5%, when we gauge that, we look at the number of people that have said something on Twitter or on Facebook or on the forum, and then we calculate that against other news or other things that we've done. I'm telling you right now, you want to see an outbreak? We sell Macaulay Bond. (laughs) Now, gauge it against that, okay? Now, the reaction from the fan, if we did that, depending on how good of a deal we got, blah, 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 or if we sold other players so the so the conversation is when we compare it we look at it and we say roughly three to five percent of the fan base has a problem with it i understand you have a challenge with it talking about somebody that's really emotionally invested in it needs to be changed and it's only three to five percent okay now we're a family I promise you, some of the decisions I've made in my family, they get a lot worse than a 3 to 5% reaction. I've got three girls and a wife. Usually it's around 80%. So it's okay. We, it, look, it was bad. It was horrible. And it's dream team. So we have to balance it. And that's how we look at it.
3: Andy, I know you want this chip on this. No, I just think it's it, uh, there was a point brought up on Twitter this week, and it was just such a valid point. It hit the nail on the head. When I first... I mean, first and foremost, you, you can't forgive the Sun for the way they reported it at the time. It was, it was disgraceful. Then it is still disgraceful now. So from that side, the Sun as an entity, no, they, they can't be forgiven for that. But business is business, and we have to look at the big picture. And... You know, people are getting very moral about it. Rupert Murdoch, you know, owns the, all these companies, or a percentage of Sky, and he owns the Sun, etc., Australian Sun, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Liverpool Football Club take 120 million a year off of Sky. Now, you know, OK, Murdoch owns, what, 30%? So they take 36 million, the equivalent of of Murdoch's money. Our deal is know near 36 million? And if we're going to get very moral about it, you know, <laughs> to me, it, there are some people who will see the sun as a separate entity. I see it all as Murdoch. And if you're going to be your principles are about Murdoch, you know. We can't do that, can't do that. Well, if the club that was most affected by Hillsborough are taking millions and millions of pounds of Murdoch's money, so can Little Leighton Orient. You know, that's my p- opinion of it now. And, um, you know, as for Tranmere, the Sun's got distribution depot in Merseyside, and I'm sure Tranmere fans, Liverpool fans and Everton fans all work their earning money from the Sun newspaper. So, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit on too much of a moral high ground about this now, and, and we should just let it lie you know it's a terrible thing that happened as kent said and it, it's so many people in the dream team andrew butler's an orient fan he was so excited to get this deal you know when he when he he contacted me he said, "Oh, i hope the fans realize that an orient supporter is actually you know a part of this and he was so thrilled but these these people most of these people the dream team weren't even alive when hillsborough you know happened so it's it, you've got to balance it up you know so you can't change what the, what Sun did then it disgraced all. Well, but let's all move on, and I think, uh, as I say, if the Sun or the Murdoch is paying millions into Liverpool Football Club, we can take some it's, as well. You it's, know.
1: it's interesting. The people I spoke to, most of it got into political issues, and uh, you know, one person we had a really detailed discussion about their membership of the Labour Party because that came up in the discussion.
3: Do you mean speaking to Doug again? <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 no.
1: But, uh, you know, people are confidential, we both agree, confidential, but the point I'm making is this was a complex issue. Yeah. People had views. Uh, a point I made to them is I think most people know that my political views are probably pretty <laughs> left of centre. Um, and I go on Fox News and I go on because I want to inform people, going back to your point, of different views. And, and you know, in, in my day job, I'm, I spend a lot of time in Washington. I spend a lot of time talking with administration people. doesn't mean I always agree with them, and certainly I don't agree with most of the things. But I think you have to influence, and I think it's better to be on, on side and try and influence people and we'll always try and influence people for the better. So we truly believe this is a good deal for Lake Orient Football Club. I think it's gonna bring more sponsors in. I think you're gonna see more sponsors very quickly. Um, and I must say, Kent, Danny, I, and a number of people who work for the club are spending an awful lot of time trying to bring in more sponsorship to the
2: club. Let me ask you this. Um, how many people play Dream Team every week in the UK, it's about 1.2 million. Or isn't it? About 1.5 million. That 1.5 million are tr- primarily 14 to 24 year old young men, and half of those people exist in London. So, 750,000 14 to 24 year old young men are playing fantasy football. Every week, none of them were born during this event. Who is the fan base you guys want to be the future of the club? Yeah. If I remember correctly, don't you want 14 to 24 year old young men? And the estimate is, is that just within the borough, it's probably 25 or 30,000 young men. And they're on the front of our shirt, and they look at our shirt and they think it's great and you all want us to go after the future fan base of the club so that it's sustainable and that it has a long life and that it never goes away, and you want us to go after that group? We did. We went right after them. That's just a different way to look at it. That's all I'm saying. The other thing is, I'll just tell you this, no offense to my friend here, there's no perfect sponsor. Hey, no perfect spots
1: <laughs> what's wrong with dunking on basket
2: you make children shy on sugar that's true <laughs> <laughs> you cause problems for parents when the yeah, kids come problem. home after donuts and ice cream <laughs> by the way one of the
1: problems we have in the states is
2: that okay I won't go there I uh, can't <laughs> I told him I was going to do this to him by the way <laughs> So
1: one of the problems we have now that we're in the States is betting is taboo in the States. Very. So, you know, we have to think about the shirts that we use and sell in America. So that's, that's something that I've asked Danny to think long and hard about.
2: And it has been determined that Dream Team is enough of a betting situation because of the uh, style of play that they have. Uh, that they will not be on the children's uh, shirts this next year or the year after. So it's not that Dream Team's going to be on there. So it is. there's lots of different angles on this deal that we've kind of worked out over a very long period of time. That's not to say that something may not come up in the future and we'll have to respond to it appropriately. Staying on the theme of sponsorship, Danny Macklin's come in and put
4: quite an impressive brochure together if you like for all the marketing opportunities or sponsorship opportunities for, for the club The stands, the ground the front of shirt, back of shirt <laughs> shorts, perimeters social media, website you name it if you can put a sticker on it it's pretty much up for sponsorship, is there any update on whether anybody else is sort of signed up or imminently yeah. about to sign up if you can discuss that
1: well I think we're very close to a stadium naming deal um, and then we've got a whole bunch of people who are doing interesting things. I mean, people don't just turn up... Well, let me say two things. People don't just turn up and say, yeah, that sounds good, I'll name the South Stand the uh, um, Dulcet Dave Stand. Right? I knew he was going to say Should
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to say me, he said you. <laughs> yeah, okay. no,
1: no. He's, he's, he's got this nice, quiet voice is very good to listen to so you don't well, just what are you saying <laughs> uh, uh, can we just uh, wait
2: so to talk Andy? about that later nah.
1: <laughs> so so anyway they don't just turn up and give the money over the other thing is in the past to be brutally honest these haven't been good commercial deals we've given away too much stuff and the idea is to bring money into the club so that we can make the club more successful We've got to become more commercially astute, and Danny has done that. And, and, you know, Danny's pretty, and this is a good word, hard-nosed about things. And I think you want your club, based, certainly based on what happened the last few years, to be run in a very sensible and commercial fashion. So we feel good about sponsorship. One of the things that I don't think we've unlocked, it is difficult to get big companies to look at the opportunities here, and the first thing they think of is large numbers. I mean, at Dunkin, we pay millions to people like the Red Sox and the Patriots and what have you. I'm not saying we're looking for millions, but the first thing a big company <coughs> thinks, if you're talking about naming rights, is probably half a million. We're not talking anywhere near that, and, and I think that's a barrier we have to overcome, because. I think if a lot of big companies actually understood the kind of pounds we're looking for they'd find it a lot more attractive so we've still got work to do on that
2: I also think that the challenge in the past is that maybe you guys have been um, not informed necessarily of all the things that you had for sale you just didn't know it yeah. you've always had all this stuff for sale it's just nobody told you that it was for sale so Part of the problem of us is that we're more open and honest and maybe you know give you a little bit more information and then you find out things that it's always been that way, but you're shocked to find out. The stands have always been for sale. Oh, I promise you they've always been for sale. And it's just it's just you know the keychains are for sale. everything's for sale in a certain sense. There is a lot of studies uh, that we will go through and we've watched very carefully from a sociological perspective how much of an area can you sell and all of that so there's a lot of science that goes into the amount of things that we have for sale and but not every square inch is for sale i promise you that it's not
1: it's it's
2: interesting we're also
1: trying to create new avenues uh you know we talked about the camps before but streaming we think is really a, a big opportunity and you know you guys did a great job. I'm pointing to the podcast guys. and Andy, great commentary. Thank you, dear. And I think I've described it before as 80% successful, but I think we all agree. Yeah. We can always improve. Um, but we're going to be talking to the National League about it. We'd like the National League to have a view that all clubs in the National League could do it. Um, now, one thing on that actual stream was because I am the sponsor. We used Baskin-Robbins and we ran some commercials and Andy had to read out certain Baskin-Robbins things. <laughs> um, uh, but the intent was to demonstrate how it would work in the future. So that is another opportunity for sponsorship where brands may want to get their name out in different countries around the world. So we're continuing to look for avenues and I'd encourage everyone listening to either the podcast or Phoenix Radio Um, if you've got ideas please let us know I mean you may know people who want to sponsor something for a budget of 15,000 we will find an opportunity for them that's what I think you're saying
2: yeah pre-season tour yeah and sponsor the pre-season tour it's all good have we announced that yet? no we haven't yet Would would you like to announce it now? Can no.
1: We <laughs> <laughs> Can we announce that now?
2: I'm under NDA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what do you What do you want to – go ahead. What do you want to announce? Well, it's gonna go we going to go. Where are Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what color are we going to wear? I don't red. know. Uh, <laughs> red. Are we are going to wear red. We get all excited about shirts. I, I, I mean – it's because I like wearing them at home. I enjoy walking around our, well, you know, my neighborhood, and everybody's like, "What is that?" Yeah. They don't have any idea what I'm doing. Anyway, it's
1: great. So anyway, we're, yeah, we're going we're, to Portugal. More details we're playing Portugal. a
2: team. Second week in July.
1: i we won't say any more team in the EFL.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're playing up. That's for sure. But anyway,
1: yeah. And there will be some packages.
2: Again, we have plans, yes. The normal things that normal clubs do that we didn't do last year, we're going to do this year because we're back to some normality. Yeah. How great is that? I mean, everybody's like upset about the normality now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, so think about this year. <laughs> what, what's the date today? 27. 27. April, 27th. 27th. 27th of April.
2: Have we met a year ago? We have. We've
1: met within the yeah, year. Yeah, we, we have, but we are two months ahead. I and then we've got a squad that's mostly in place. We've got preseason training mapped out by day. It's on my calendar. Preseason friendlies mapped out. Oh. Justin has agreed it all. Martin's agreed it all. That's what I call about how we're going to do better the second year. Yeah.
2: Because it's funny, uh, when I was with Justin yesterday, I asked him, when does preseason start? And he said, Monday. Monday. I mean, Sunday. Monday. This is Friday.
1: He gave him a day off.
2: He took a day off. What was I going to do? You can call him and talk to him about the oh, well, Sunday. I'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, you see him tomorrow. You just say, hey, no days off. Get to work. <laughs> He's got to go to Starman, though, right? I was supposed to. He yeah. may consider that work. Um. Now, uh, unfortunately, Nigel's uh, got to go
0: in in just a minute. So um, I want to just uh, ask one question uh, from Lee Deering to to Nigel and Ken. Uh, Fans are split on the youth team. Uh, What is the long-term future plan?
1: Um, Okay, so if you read the shareholder, just out of interest, how many people have read the uh, accounts and shareholder report? Yeah, a few of you. Okay, I knew David Dobwood. Um, (laughs) uh, So, okay. Uh, That's always helpful to know. So that's like most companies. (laughs) Most people don't read it. Um, So we're looking forward to the AGM. Um, And I said in the report that, you know, we lose half of our Academy funding this coming year. Um, I think it's worth saying that we had a sponsor who will return for the Academy next year. Um, But the Academy funding is difficult. There's all kinds of challenges in terms of holding on to players. So we, we constantly are reviewing the future of the academy, what is right for Lake Orient Football Club financially, player development, the future down the road, um, how we can hang on to our players, which is probably our biggest concern. I mean, it's no good developing players until they're, say, age 16, and then the Premier League club comes along and says, hey, that's a good player, off, off they go no compensation correct I mean that's the challenge we've got we're looking at models that other clubs have put in place we have made no firm decision Um, there are probably about five options but we do believe that we need to constantly keep it under review again I read all the debates about it um, and some of them make very good points and I I think the point that was made earlier it is educational to read different views doesn't mean you you have to agree with them and I learn a lot listening to the radio show and the podcast because again you hear different views you know, you guys always say oh, this doesn't represent the views of the podcast well, this represents the views of someone and those views are very important so, you know, I I think this is something we have to keep um, looking at uh, if and when We make any good or bad decisions, depending on how you look at it. We'll communicate, but the most important thing in any decision is you communicate first to the people involved. You know, to be honest, the fans have to be second to any decision that we make and don't infer that it's going to be a negative decision. We will constantly look at it. Sorry, I I don't want any follow-ups on that, because I don't want people to say I got off lightly on that. This is oh, no. an important subject.
0: I think that was uh, pretty comprehensive. Um, Thank you. Big weekend for you, obviously, with the company AGM on, on Sunday. Do you think the shareholders are, are going to be happy with what they see and what they hear?
1: Okay, so I'll answer that just before I go. Hmm. So uh, earlier in the year, we decided to split some responsibilities, and my job was, um, which I may have done a good job or a bad job, uh, was job. N- minority shareholders. And one of the reasons I did it was I was one for a long time. So my dad gave me shares some time ago. And many of you know when my dad was alive, now my mum and dad. Um, So I've got those shares somewhere that I can't find. Um, And I understand what it's like to be a minority shareholder. You feel as though you own part of the club. You probably have no direct influence if we're brutally honest. But like shareholders who own one or two shares of Dunkin, They have their day in the sun where they come in a room like this, and this attendance is actually more than we get at the Duncan annual meeting. And and what normally happens is some lady who said last year she was 97 will stand up. We say only a minute per question. So 10 minutes after she's still talking, I still let her go. But she will complain about some store she's been in. That is the right of shareholders to come and have their say. So I was a very strong advocate, which I think Kent's agree with, to having this meeting, (coughs) giving the shareholders the opportunity to turn up, and if they want to give us the views on the Dream Team or the youth policy going forward, that is their right. They own shares in Leighton Orient. We're firm believers in that, and I would like to believe in the future we'll do an even better job of communicating to our shareholders, because they are shareholders, albeit minority shareholders.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. all right i think before he leaves everybody should know the only reason i'm here initially is because of this man right here he deserves a huge thank you and a huge round of applause
1: By the way, the reason I'm going, just to tell you, is I flew in this morning. I want to have a little bit of sleep before I go to Gateshead.
0: We're going to uh, run I'm through okay. a few uh, listener questions I don't need uh, sleep. that we got. Um got a game tomorrow. I can't sleep anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start with one from uh, Lee Dearing uh, to Kent. Is Cryptic Kent coming back oh. on Twitter? I
2: hope not realize he had gone anywhere he's just sitting there being cryptic and you don't even notice it i guess um a cryptic Kent was a, a fantastic thing uh we might try to resurrect it we might not i mean i'll i'll probably put some blurred pictures on some more and that sort of thing but i you know it was a great thing when it happened um but what is there to be cryptic about now i, I don't really know so well we'll think about it Maybe. can't Maybe. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how much is, uh, was the
0: choice of manager a joint decision, or is it mostly down to Martin, or was it mostly down to Martin? The uh,
2: uh, choice of what? Manager. Manager, manager is a um, board level and, man- and, and Martin uh, decision. It's not just down to Martin. It's not just down to the board. The process again I think we've talked about this a little bit but the process is Martin goes out gets a list of people has some initial conversations has an idea of who he wants to have a conversation with people are coming to the club uh, submitting their application and you know then we go through the process of reviewing them Um, Nigel and I interview some of the managers, uh, the potential managers. Um, We have conversations about that. We go back and forth. Matt Porter has a working knowledge of who these people are. Marshall knows who they are. I mean, it's 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 an ongoing sort of loop conversation as opposed to a dictatorial Martin Ling makes a decision and all the rest of us live with it. We all make the decision. We all live with it.
4: Um, Janine Adelman Messaged us Asking uh, Or she said Looking forward to Errol's charity game On May the 27th Mm -hmm. But with that being A month away Does this allow Sufficient time For the plans you have For the new pitch To be laid And her husband Dennis followed up with And if the pitch Is being totally replaced Have you thought about Selling off sections For fans to raise More funds (laughs) Other fans have done it And I'd love some In my garden (laughs) Although if you've seen the pitch, you probably wouldn't.
5: But so that's not story. down in the corner.
2: No, we haven't thought about selling off the pitch. <laughs> no, not in sections. I guess you can just come get it. Maybe we'll ask Colin what day that is, and you can come come get some. Um, uh, is it sufficient time? What we do in a lot of in a lot of things, we employ specific people who have an expertise that we do not have. Um, they are required to know that expertise. We are being assured by not only Colin but also some consultants that the plans that we have for the pitch will be much better than what didn't happen the last three years and our expectation is is that it will be in in plenty of time there's a concerted effort with martin and the groundsman and the consultants and the people that are putting in the pitch and the people that are taking out the pitch to look at preseason dates, wear and tear. You know, listen, you guys may get, because I won't be here, you guys may get 25 days of straight sunshine and the pitch may just be incredible. And y'all may get 25 straight days of whatever y'all call that, and the pitch may need another week. So it's hard to predict the weather, and it's, and, but we believe that we have slotted sufficient time to get the pitch to where it will need to be for the first game of the year. Uh, now, um, I've been reliably
0: informed that um, the EFL survey on um, on standing has uh, gone up today, and uh, I'd encourage anyone to uh, contribute to that. Uh, Miller, President, uh, will Orient be the first club in London to have safe standing by installing rail seats in the North Sand, do
2: you think, Ken? I don't know. I don't know what the plans are from other clubs, so I don't know if we would be first or second or third. We don't currently have any plans for safe standing, so... I don't know if we would be first because nobody else has any plans either or, you know, and, and at some point we decide to do it. That's not at the top of our list of things to get accomplished. Now, What, what do you think, boys? Do you think um, standing? Would you, would you like to
0: see standing? Because I mean, there is a massive split down fan bases and it, uh, it's as emotive as, as, as the Dream Team has been in terms of standing, it's connected events. So, what, what do you think standing at the Orient?
4: Yeah, I'd be happy to see standing back when, when I first came here um, sat in the west, then moved and stood in the east end. So
6: yeah. yeah, I'm happy with 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 safe standing. I'm 38, so I just want to sit down all day now. Um, but I, I get why you'd want to stand, and if people, if fans wanted to stand, let, let them do it. If, it. if there's a if there's a demand for it, I don't know if the demand is there.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're 38,
5: that's
7: you know, you've, got, you've got a lot of, a lot of calls on these
2: horses. Is that something
3: that we would want to spend? No. no. I think the only not place probably. you could do it reasonably cheaply is the old enclosure on the, on the, on the um, west stand, really. Mm. I don't think the rest of the stadium isn't now conducive to, to changing it to standing. Would, would you want to see standing, though? Any? Not particularly, no. I think I'd, I'd rather sit down. Now I'm I'm literally 20 years older than Steve. How do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not We... It's not, a, it's not a question of whether we would prefer standing or sitting. For us as a club, I mean, I stand the entire game, so I can't be against standing. They don't always think it's safe how close I am to that rail, but um, so safe standing is sort of an interesting concept for me. But I, I think that you were very in favor of more atmosphere, um, you know, and there are safe standings standards um, and there are ways that we could do that the question of equ- uh, you know of capital is that the best way to deploy the capital is the East stand under under renovation anyway so we're changing out the East stand at some point in our future then we add in safe standing you know there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into the decision demand, supply you know cost all, all kinds of stuff Right now we do not have any plans to put in any safe standing.
6: We do get a few um, tweets about singing sections.
2: Yeah, all yeah I'm, I'm waiting until we finish tomorrow, and then I'll be tweeting about a lot of this stuff. So the uh, singing section is naturally occurring. The club is not going to uh, say that this particular section or this particular area is a singing style section. If you come to our ground often enough, you start to notice that the away fans sit in a certain spot, and then we have very vocal fans who tend to want to be near them in order to talk to them at times, (laughs) and so that conversation seems to be going on, and I enjoy watching it as I look over that way. you know, we naturally notice that there are people that are moving into that area of the stand. They tend to be more vocal. They, they tend to sing more. Um, and so there is this... We do not feel like we as a club need to designate a certain area as a singing area because it's already happening and we don't have to do anything. We don't have to promote it. It's already happening. Yeah. It's a natural occurrence. These 14- to 24-year-olds want to stand over there next to... The away fan and wave at them and wave. Uh, yeah, sure, wave.
4: <laughs> Not with an open hand.
2: Dave, uh, what do you make a safe standing?
7: Um, I would definitely prefer to stand as a supporter, no doubt about that. I would be concerned. I think Kent is absolutely right that it wouldn't necessarily be a party at this stage. But when uh, there is that remodelling of the East Stand, I think that could potentially be uh, a really exciting opportunity.
2: And, and it's not that only the east stand potentially gets remodeled. The west stand potentially gets remodeled. We're having conversations with the borough. I've had two meetings with the borough this week. The east stand comes up in the conversation. The west stand comes up in the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. is it, what, are, what are our plans? What are we planning on doing? And I'm not, And it's not just a conversation of this next season. It's five years, 10 years, 15 years. A gentleman named Barry Hearn happened to be in the office today and he met with Nigel and they're having a conversation about the ground and Barry, Barry Hearn, yeah. And so that's so, you know, there's, we're constantly looking at the future and the current and what do we do better and how do we make it better? What do we spend money on? How do we prioritize? It's all a question.
7: Does that to expansion
2: capacity. Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, fortunately for Orient, we are situated uh, in East London. We have a very unique size, um, right around 10,000 um, seats. And there's only two grounds in London who have that same size. Everybody else is either way bigger, twice as big, or they're less than half or at half the size. So as a venue, we have the ability to do some things at that level that give us, you know, options for holding events that other people do not have because either they're too big or they're too small and we're just the right size. So we're looking at, at, at those options. As far as increasing the number, I don't think we would look at increasing the number of fans in the stands until we were much closer to 80% capacity. Once we get to 8,000, now we start to have a conversation about expanding. So it's, it's more of an 8,000 type number. And we are generally three to five. Uh, we were five on Saturday. We were three on Tuesday, generally. And so when we think about that, the demand will drive that expansion over time.
0: Uh, Kev, back to safe standing. As a man who has the most to lose in terms of vertical uh, uh, disability (laughs) on it outrageous, isn't it? What do you make of <laughs> safe standing? Crime. <laughs> That's a hate crime.
5: <laughs> yeah, You're right, Andy. Um, for me, I'm getting old like Andy, Chris. So for me, I want to sit down. Thank you. I don't want to stand up. But I understand the younger generation would probably prefer to stand. But no, for me, I want to sit down. Thank you. <laughs> the knees are gone. <laughs> yeah, knees are gone.
0: Um, Davis Watson asked a question. Uh, the stairs steps around the ground are, uh, so steep, Um, some of my older relations at the Orient are so dubious about them I believe he put my grandfather off attending for a long time to his friends moved close enough to the front Uh, will the club or when will the club install (laughs) handrails
2: sorry was it yesterday the day before we're having a conversation about that we'll get we'll get it taken care of just, listen, so um, I've never fallen up or down those stairs, but I do know some people that have, and it's not a pleasant activity. I tend to run up the stairs, which makes everybody wonder. And, I, and so I think that we're going we're gonna to solve that. Remember that we've got all of the West Stand that really has this steep situation. So we are looking at it. We do expect that that will get resolved shortly an announcement will be coming soon I think on that and I mean this year Cryptic Kent may be back
0: (laughs) I think Steve I think you've got a question there
2: yeah I've
6: got one about Dean Brill so a bit about the playing side Dean Brill number one next season yes Um,
4: there aren't that many you know look at this uh, at this level are football league goalkeepers going to want to drop out into the National League do they realise what sort of a league it is Dean Brill came here as a coach um, and then ended up having to put the gloves and boots back on and and actually going between the sticks so yeah I I don't you know he had a bit of a a couple of rickets on on Tuesday but I think overall broadly speaking he's kept us in games more than he's lost us games by by quite a considerable margin so for me I'd be quite happy with Dean Brill. I do think he'd need someone pushing him, and I don't know if Charlie and Sam are pushing him for that spot to make him better, which I think you always need, particularly in that in that in that uh, in that department. Um, So yeah, I'd be quite happy with Dean for next month, uh, for next season panel.
3: Go first, then yeah, I think uh, we've got to stick with him. Actually, I mean, the question is, which one of the younger ones will will we? retainer I think that's the, the main question. Whether it be Sergeant or or, 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 or um, uh, Granger. Granger, thank you. <laughs> went blank then, or Charlie? Yeah. Um, I think he's done a good job. As you say, he's, he's, he's got plenty of credits in the bank. Uh, he's made a, a couple of mistakes, but overall, he's saved us a lot of points this season. So, and uh, as Dave was saying the other day, it just shows the value of uh, having somebody experienced come in because. You know, he's marshalling that back line and he's, he's, he's talking to them all the time and that wasn't happening before so the, the, the improvement's there for everybody to see you don't have to be an expert
5: Well I, I think personally the, the turnaround in the season came not only when Justin came in but when he changed the goalkeeper I think that goes without saying but I think next season we, we will need to get somebody to give him competition, somebody more experienced than the other two young lads I think Justin will look at that in the summer, pretty sure. That
4: said, though, Kev, there were yep. a lot of the goals that arguably weren't Charlie's fault. Or no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? So it, it was a, it was to, a real t- difficult one.
5: To be fair to Charlie, he was playing in a time where we lost the two centre-backs, Kors and Alakobi, out for three months. And every week in front of him was a different partnership. I think we had a couple of guys on loan. We had young Dan Hat playing. Then yeah. he weren't playing. We had uh, Clark. So it wasn't an easy time f- for Charlie Granger. Yeah. No, no, I make you right on that score.
0: Dave, what do you make of the situation?
5: I think
7: the decision to make the change was the right one and it was made for the right reasons it wasn't that this Charlie was a, a poor keeper he was an improving goalkeeper no doubt about that uh, but um, Justin I think was wise in the way that he assessed the psychological damage not only to Charlie but all those other young players who this time last year were going out week in week out and getting beaten and uh, I think Justin was worried that young players were learning how to lose and he wanted to change uh, that mentality and he brought in Dean and it must have been incredibly difficult for Dean because I can't imagine he was expecting to play against Solihull. Um, and he'd had a, a significant injury, of course, prior to that uh, in his, his previous club. And, you know, full credit for Dean for stepping up. And he, he is their voice at the back. And I think he was also fortunate to have um, Big George and uh, Josh Coulson returning when they did. And I think that was desperately harsh on uh, Charlie Granger. And I think it's a big decision uh, for Martin and Justin in during the sun. Uh, we've got a question about um, entertainment and um, Keith Fultz
0: asked um, during halftime the Wrexham game we had a marching band. Is there any chance we could see this more often? Uh, he sits in the Tommy Johnson stand there's very little entertainment during time as the kids taking penalties are all the way at the north end and he really thought this brought something different. What, what do you think, Ken?
2: The answer is yes. So there are a lot of different options that we're looking at next season for pre-game post game and you know halftime a, a lot of different options I mean we, it's so hard this is so hard turnarounds are so hard um, there's so many things that we want to do that we just didn't get to this year and those are things that we'll do much better this next year and then the next year we'll do even better than we did this year and certainly last year and so we'll keep layering in and layering in and layering in and then we'll go from being a normal club to a good club to a great club. And we're just we're just sort of getting there. And I hear all these ideas and I hear all these things and I think, oh, yes, yes, we um, will.
0: And, and is included in those ideas, uh, Daniel Gold wants to know about a potential Orient Hall of
2: Fame. Yeah, the Hall of Fame thing is definitely something that we want to do. And so accessibility to... Uh, the Hall of Fame is something that we would be concerned about. How do we make it to where it's accessible to all the fans? Um, you guys have – I always say you guys like y'all are – thats it's your fault. It's not your fault. But in this country, you have this concept of where you're sort of segregated into four sections, and there's not really anything we can do about that. So when you come in the south stand, you're in the south stand. You can't go to the north stand. We put the Hall of Fame in the north stand, you're in the south stand, you can't go to the north stand. We put it in the east stand, the west stand can't go. It's in the west stand, there's three other stands that can't go, so there's logistical issues, there's funding issues, there's content issues, there's all those questions. Is there an appropriate reason to have this? Yes. How do we do it? Don't know exactly, but we are gonna work on it. We want our ground as a whole to be a Hall of Fame in a certain sense, certain reminders of days gone past and achievements that we've had as a club we're going to want to make available to everybody in the ground. So how do we do that appropriately? That's that's the question. And, and yes, we will do it. I don't know when, but we will do it.
0: Uh, looking ahead to uh, next season David Smith wants to know uh, will you be lobbying the National League and the EFL for more than one club to be promoted automatically from the league because obviously that is the big thing or it can play very well next season and it only yeah. takes
2: one team to perform better yeah we've, we've we, uh, we had that conversation with uh, the National League last year and the National League continues to have a conversation with the uh, EFL about the number of Uh, you know places that go up and down currently too is it possible to get to three how would it work why should it be that way and there are historical reasons why it's not that way I'm sure there are a lot of different reasons why it's not that way we're not involved in all the negotiations or the conversations but it is something that we've been asking for yeah we ask for it as do a lot of other clubs so then finally, to, to wrap up, we're going to just run down our panel and
0: 2018-19, and reasons to be cheerful? Are you looking ahead head to the season before this one's even over, Kevin?
5: Yes. Well, hopefully it will be a, a more successful season than this one. At least the playoff position, I, w- I would hope. But hopefully, if things go well, we want to get out of this league as soon as possible, don't we? I think that's the the main goal of everybody here this evening sitting on the panel and all the people sitting here who support the football club it's getting out of this league as soon as we possibly can, getting this club back where it belongs, in the football league Looking forward to next season, as Joby said um,
7: there's no excuses everything off the pitch is in in a really good place, there'll be a really good summer, Uh, we've got confidence in the manager, it should be a stable uh, side Good support, fantastic support this season, um, looking forward to it there 's reason to be optimistic Andy Gilson reasons to be cheerful
3: yeah we're all still alive aren 't we but uh, yeah no, I think I think we're, we're up for the game next year I, I think uh, it a lot depends on the transfer activity in the summer, but uh, we 'd be very disappointed not to make the playoffs, and as we said, we had reasons for our problems this year, we cannot hide behind excuses next year. There is no um, defence for not performing a lot better on the field next season. Things are in place now, things are sorted. We've got a good team in place a good, of people behind the scenes. So I would expect a minimum of an automatic playoff place. Uh, so that would be fifth upwards and then higher than that if we get the right players in.
0: Uh, before we come to Kent, we're asked uh, two boys. Oh, Steve, so. start with you. <laughs> Yeah, loads
3: of
6: reasons to be optimistic. You know, you're already talking about a pre-season tour. Got a good squad in a much better position with two months ahead of where we were last year. Decent manager. I don't think the squad needs that much adjustment three or four. I'm sure lots of players will leave. If we get off to a good start, I think if we win the first two or three games, I think we'll be looking at a really successful season. And Some of the examples that Nigel and Kent have given tonight about the off-field activity and the sponsorship, it's a really exciting time and fingers crossed Paul
4: yeah I don't really have too much more to add than what's already been said but I think we're a million miles apart from where we were Last year, um, where we've been looking at players since sort of January, February, the chief scout's been out and about looking at players. So we've got that level of planning that we've nev- we've not had in a number of years. We've got a manager in situ now that that, that knows what he wants to do. That's that's you know working with Martin and, and the chief scout to get that in. We've got a pre-season tour plan. We've got plans to do the pitch. You know everything that we didn't have at this time last season. We, we we've now gotten as, as Dave said earlier. You know JB said post match Tuesday that there are no excuses. This season was a year of forgiveness. If it didn't go that great, then there are reasons and circumstances to allow that. Um, but next season, they don't have that luxury. There isn't that luxury. There is no room for error. And for me, there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic because of Kent and Nigel have come in and, and Marshall and everybody else has done what they've done and really sort of got a stable off the pitch as well as on it. So for me, top... Well, it's got to be promotion, however that comes. Ideally, first, so we don't have to go through the dreaded Wembley trip um,
0: but yeah if it's through
4: Wembley then it's through Wembley but it's got to be promotion back to the Football League
0: and uh, we'll leave the final word with you then Kent
2: I have no idea <laughs> I have no idea how in the world am I supposed to know how this works I have no idea I don't know if we're going to deserve promotion next year or not I don't know if we're going to deserve to be in the playoffs or next year or not we're going to do the things that we think should put us in a position to be in the playoffs. Certainly, um, we're going to do the things that we think we should do that will put us in that position to catch that lightning in the bottle that gets that automatic promotion. Of course, we're going to do everything we can to do those things, but we cannot guarantee any of that. Um, I don't think at the beginning of this season – that we would have thought it went the way it went. So for me to say I know how it's going to go next year would, would kind of be crazy since I've, we've only done this one year. I've only done this one year. You guys have done it a lot longer. I do respect and honor y'all's feel and what y'all think about how you think it's going to work out. We're going to try to do the best we can. It doesn't mean we have excuses. It just means that we might still need to tinker another year I know, all right, go ahead and start throwing stuff. But it, we might need to tinker another year or two. <laughs> and and so I'm, I'm very optimistic that w- it will be a great year and that we will do great things and that it will be just phenomenal and it's going to be a lot of fun. But as far as promising playoffs or promising promotion – I'm not going to be willing to do that for this next year because I just don't know any better. When we've owned the club 10 years or 12 years or 15 years and then we're having this conversation, then maybe I'll start to give you guys some assurances about what I think we're going to do based on some history that we've had together. Um, I will say this, that we had 5,000 people on Saturday show up to a game that essentially didn't matter, I came because I thought it mattered is just fantastic so we are so fortunate as a club to have such passionate fans and to have so many of those passionate fans. Keep the suggestions coming keep telling us what you think we're doing right or wrong. We're not always going to agree with you. That's not the point the point is keep telling us, keep on us keep watching us, make us accountable and I do think that over time we're going to do great things So ladies and gentlemen, just
0: like to thank your panel, Kevin Dickinson, Dave Victor Andy Gilson, Steve Nussbaum, Paul Levy, uh, thanks to Nigel Travis who unfortunately had to leave us a little bit early to get some rest, uh, Andy you want
3: to make one more point? Well, just want to say Chris um, and I hope people don't mind us saying this, Steve and Paul obviously run the um, Outlook podcast Chris is behind this Orient Hour show. Both lads there and Chris, they work so hard and they really give up a lot of their spare time. Both shows, you know, you make them what they are. A great podcast, great shows, Chris. And I know I just turn up along with these lads when we turn up to do the radio show. We literally walk in. These guys spent hours and hours and hours unpaid time doing notes, getting facts right, getting everything set up. So without you, we wouldn't have a show. And the same with you, lads. Thank you very much. For what you well, I'm going to say as well,
0: thank you to Kent T who still joins us.